0: so many different places it just becomes impossible to to not conclude that this information has been known uh, was known and for some reason within the lack just within the last hundred to two hundred years has disappeared from our culture I've got numerous examples of uh, governments uh, the Catholic Church uh, academia uh, all kind of seemingly conspiring to, to suppress this information from us. It's turned my beliefs in, in on uh, in uh, traditional historical narrative that we that we use on its head, and that's why this is so profound. Process. So I think it's all about control. If you don't know these facts, you're not going to know how powerful y- you as an individual and society can be together.
1: Carbon 60, or C60, first gained notoriety back in 2012 from a study that increased the lifespan of rats by a whopping 90%. Since that breakthrough study, scientists have conducted thousands of studies showing C60 not only has a very real potential exciting lifespan, but it also has been shown to be better than any other substance ever studied to reduce inflammation, eliminate free radicals, provide powerful antioxidants, and more. After the famous rat study, scientists at Live Longer Labs realized a human, not industrial formula needed to be made. That's when they set out to be the first lab in the world to focus on what is best for human consumption of C60. This led Live Longer Labs to pioneer a high-quality 99.9% pure C60 refined without solvents in oils that work best for humans, and that is black seed oil. Look it up yourself. Black seed oil has been known as a universal healer for millennia, and more modern studies confirmed its benefits as a potent antioxidant and for anti-inflammation. Simply, it's not like other oils. It's better. To try this amazing product, go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Remember, members of Ebeneer save 10% and all listeners can save 5% using the coupon found at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have scientist Charlie Zeiss coming to the program. He is, well, he's a science person by training, but became a researcher of history and sacred geometry and just the science that we've lost. He has evidence to show that there has been a global civilization that had shared knowledge of advanced science that for some reason over the last couple hundred years has been lost and buried, and he's going to talk about it, and it is absolutely fascinating information for me. This is the kind of information I really wish I could be sharing all the time. You know, with the world in a reset and we're at war, which everybody knows who listens to my show, it's really important I cover that, but these kinds of shows are the magic that we have waiting for us once we figure out our true history and start to regain what we knew. We're in a dark ages. I mean, we have been covered up, lied to, cheated, stolen. They're just taking advantage of us. And we have the right to understand our history. And I think we're on a dawn of a new renaissance of figuring out what really our history is and regaining the knowledge of science and medicine and health and so much more, we could be a much more advanced human race, much happier, learning how to live in harmony with each other and the earth. It is just fascinating. I really welcome you to listen to this and get his book. He, his book is titled 76.345 Exploring the Hidden Secrets of the Golden Ratio. Very fascinating. It talks about history of different civilizations and even brings up Tartaria. But he has his site, pyramidsciencefoundation.org. He is the chair of the uh, Science Foundation. They're looking for help on their research initiatives. So go there, look into it, and see maybe if you want to help out. He also has another website called stargatepyramids.com where he sells uh, pyramids and different items that put out frequency and just, just energy items all the listeners today can get a discount of 10% by using coupon code Westall10, and I'll have the link below for that. And then all my Ebeneer members, he's been so kind, he's going to give us a copy of his book. So that is, if you're an Ebeneer member, there's a link below, so you can sign up for that as well. That's that's my private, it's kind of like locals.com, but it's private, so that I won't get kicked off anywhere. Like I was, uh, I've been kicked off almost everywhere except these real freedom-oriented platforms. All I do is share truth, and the more truthful it is where I really have facts backing it up and I do hardcore journalism, the more angry they get. And so you know that you're right over the target when that happens. I want to invite you to the show that I did last. I just put it out there with John Dugan. He's on the front lines of the Ukraine war. I really hope more people watch it. Some of my best shows do not get the views that it deserves. It's really good. It's what the Western media will not be showing you about the Ukraine war. And there's a lot of interesting information in that show. So I really hope you take the time to watch that. And sign up for my newsletter, SarahWestall.com. You can sign up to support my affiliates. That's how I support the show. And let's get into this great, interesting discussion with Charlie Zeiss. Hi, Charlie. Welcome to the show. Thanks for
0: having me, Sarah. I really appreciate the chance to be on your program and to uh, impart this information to your audience.
1: Well, you have such interesting information. You've been studying sacred geometry. And which I think is really fascinating, it gets pretty heavy into math. And so I don't want to go too much into that, because that will probably people, people who want to learn more, definitely should go check out your book and learn more about that aspect of it. But what I'd really like to get into is, what does this mean for what you learned about what some of these civilizations probably were like, or maybe were like, and uh, we can just kind of go from there. But before we get into this, we might as well start with, what it is that you've studied for so long and why you think it's important. Well,
0: I, I had no background in this whatsoever. I worked on Wall Street for many years and uh, uh, I'm not sure if Wall Street fired me or if I fired Wall Street, but it just wasn't compatible anymore with my ethics. And so sure. uh, about six years ago, I saw a series on Gaia TV uh, that David Wilcock had done on the Russian pyramids, and the Russian pyramid research that was done by a team uh, headed by Dr. Alexander Gollin uh, demonstrated just phenomenal results in the areas of free energy and health, and uh, I, it, it almost seemed magical to me in a way, you know, and, and I was a science major in college, so I was intrigued most by the science. So that's how I got started. And one thing led to another. I, I ended up having to learn a lot about sacred geometry because I didn't know anything about it. But if I was going to build pyramids, and I do sell them now, you know, uh, but I needed to know this, you know, the the, the, the geometry, this the structure of what I was going to build. And that got me into the world of sacred geometry. So one thing led to another, and that's what culminated in the book. But once I determined the geometry, the geometry is, fund, is fundamental to the whole creative process in the universe. And uh, we can discuss what that really means in a few minutes. But after I, I, I defined the, 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 um, the geometry involved in the, in the Russian pyramids, I started finding this everywhere. I found it in every continent, every religious tradition uh, on the planet. And this goes back hundreds of thousands of years, uh, potentially, depending on the dating methodology that you, that you employ on some of these structures. And every single one of these has uh, these uh, cultures, uh, religious traditions, I found this geometry. So that's what made me decide to write the book and being a science science oriented, I, I really needed to know. All right, so how does this work? And we're not going to get, as you say, into the science today, but or the math, yeah, or the math because it's too complicated to try to discuss over the phone. And I don't want to put your your audience to sleep either because uh, it it it's uh, stuff that you know most people aren't going to be interested in, but the visual effects of this geometry can be demonstrated in a variety of different cultures and civilizations. So, you know, I might, I might start just by um, kind of listing some of the ancient
1: civilizations. Well, and, let's, and so- let me ask you a couple questions first, before yeah. we get into all those ancient and, you know, what, you did find it all over the world in ancient civilizations. How do you know or why do you think it's something that they all knew previously um, and they were aware of versus it being a kind of a, uh, just a, a better way of designing things. And, and so they just kind of all stumbled on, you know, designing things in that way, like this, this, the wheel, you know, for example. Right. Well,
0: you know, I, I, I think there's a way to answer that if, you know, when I first started the, the, the research I, I, you know, found, I found a few, few places, you have to start somewhere, and I had the same questions that you did. Uh, you know, is this just sort of an accident or a coincidence that, that these prior civilizations knew about the significance of this geometry? But once I started to find it in so many different places, it just becomes impossible to, to not conclude that this information has been known Was known, and for some reason, within the last, just within the last hundred to two hundred years, has disappeared from our culture, and that's a significant, you know, question that I start to delve into. But there are specific examples of suppression of this information, uh, which you know we can go into. So I think to answer your question, I it's turned my beliefs and on. in uh, traditional historical narrative that we that we use on its head and that's why this is so profound
1: do you think because one of the things that you said and i want you to continue your thought here too is that in your book you said that you believe that 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 this might have meant that there was one large civilization or at minimum they were able to communicate with each other in a in a way that allowed them to advance now is that something that you think is a foundation of what you found when you went and you looked through different civilizations and information?
0: Most definitely. And it, it, I, I cannot help but conclude that uh, at some point in, our, in, our, uh, in the Earth's lifetime and, and really in our recent past that we did have worldwide civilizations who shared common knowledge of uh, sacred geometric principles, Uh, I believe that they all had free energy and uh, health uh, technology, at least in part based upon this geometry, because it's so fundamental. So that worldwide civilization, uh, something happened to it. uh, And that's a question, you know, almost a separate discussion. What happened? But yes, there was a worldwide civilization that shared this knowledge uh, there are many researchers on YouTube and elsewhere that have done excellent jobs. Uh, a good example of that is a YouTuber named Mind Unveil, who's done, done some excellent work in uh, describing what um, many call the Tartarian Empire. And I have a section yeah. in the book on that. And uh, the Tartarian Empire is a, is a term which I don't want people to get caught up on. It was, it was a country. Uh, And we believe it was a worldwide civilization based on old maps and so forth, that this civilization covered virtually the entire planet. There's a Mm -hmm. 17th century map, for example, uh, by uh, a European uh, cartographer uh, that shows the Tartarian Empire covering uh, Eastern Europe, Eurasia, the Middle East, uh, all of India, China... North America and Central America, and it may have covered the entire world. So that information, I think, is there. Uh, interestingly enough, Sarah, as well, I happened to notice just last Friday that uh, another researcher, who you may know, Steve Quayle, is uh, ready to has a documentary that he's going to be putting out uh, that that touches on this topic because he he's going to be talking about. Uh, information that I have found uh, that is common, uh, some, some uh, symbols, uh, hieroglyphs in, in Egypt and in uh, Central America that are virtually identical to each other. And that's going to his, his the subject matter in his uh, upcoming documentary is going to deal with that very topic. So I do believe there was a worldwide civilization that had this knowledge. You bet.
1: Well, okay. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit more because it seems like it was based out of the East and that there's a lot of evidence that they had advanced. Um, they had writing, they had a lot of things before we did, but we are histor- historians or whatever. It made it seem like we were the ones that invented all this stuff because they invented the printing press, but then we took credit for it on the, in the West and now is there a belief that there was this western empire that came and demolished this and what we're dealing with right now is this group that is suppressing what we used to be
0: i believe so i believe that um there was this worldwide empire was uh, overtaken over some period of time uh and that uh, the forces that kind of dissolve this empire, uh, you know, are probably uh, the, the, the same forces that are suppressing this information today, um, specifically with respect to information about sacred geometry, uh, the golden ratio, and, and, and creation itself. Uh, you know, I've got numerous examples of uh, governments, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, academia, uh, all kind of seemingly conspiring to, to suppress this information from us. You bet.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting, and it seems like we've gone really backwards in science or in math—not um, science and math—in uh, uh, medical. Right? I mean, we're dealing with that right now with the COVID yes. shots and and the not the natural. Uh, we knew all these things before, and it's you know people say we're a society in amnesia, but it seems like they figured out how to get us to forget history. They rewrite history. And then we've gone backwards. Uh, th- there's some indication that the middle ages weren't really the middle ages, you know, the dark ages, they were, That's that right. was like hidden history. They just glossed over it.
0: That's right. There's a lot of theory out there that uh, uh, as much as possibly a thousand years, which is, would mark the dark ages didn't even occur. Uh, that it was it was fictionalized to to cover up a major major reset that was uh, that occurred on the earth possibly anywhere from maybe 150 to 500 years ago so yes there's there's all this data and it's there's so many researchers that are coming at this from different perspectives this information is coming out so fast and furious now that um, it is you know people need to yeah you know we want to wake people up to the fact that that what we think is our history uh, really isn't. I I've kind of come up with a with a new phrase uh, when I would uh, when I took uh, mythology in uh, junior high school. I remember a quote saying that um, you know today's myth- uh, religion is tomorrow's mythology, and I I've kind of changed it to say that. Uh, Today's fake news is tomorrow's fake history. And I really think that a lot of that's been going on.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And why do you think that they've suppressed it so much? Because with your sacred ge- geometry and the things that you've been researching, you have some indications of what some of these societies might have been like. Can you share with what you've learned and what you think maybe they were like and why you know they would have suppressed it?
0: Sure. Well, uh, it all comes back to uh, cosmology, which is really how does the Earth you know, and, and our universe, how, what creates it and, and what creates us? And so uh, the research that I've done points to the fact that we live in a, a geometrically, mathematically, harmonically precise universe. Uh, research from the University of Australia, uh, the Australian National University, they did about eight years ago. Uh, they did some research to, that, that essentially said that consciousness, our collective consciousness, is what creates reality. So once you know that, you become empowered to know just how powerful you are. But if you are in the business of trying to control people on the planet, you want to propose uh, cosmological theories like the Big Bang Theory that make us believe that we are an accident, when in fact, we are uh, there, there was a purposeful creation of this magnificent process of creation. And once you realize that there that this process is so precise, you cannot help but come away with the conclusion that we that there was a higher universal intelligence that created the universe and that we as individual and collective consciousness control that whole process. So I think it's all about control. If you don't know these facts, you're not going to know how powerful You as an individual and society can be together.
1: Yeah, together is the the point here. Okay, so what do you think these societies were like? And, you know, what can we reclaim? Because it's so fascinating to think that Tartaria was more advanced than we are now. I mean, what does that mean?
0: Well, uh, I'll take a specific example because uh, Indian culture... Uh, is perhaps the, uh, the best example that we have good, good information on. Um, the, the ancient Vedas uh, uh, have a lot of this information uh, you know, contained in them. And what we can see from, for example, the architecture of the ancient Hindu temples is that they knew about this geometry. They knew about fractals. They knew about the the Fibonacci series. So this was a very, very advanced culture. There are researchers in uh, India, uh, a researcher in India named Praveen Mohan. He has a YouTube channel and uh, very, very popular uh, researcher, over a million subscribers to to his channel. And he has indicated that the ancient Hindu temples and many of the other uh, Buddhist temples and so forth as well, were probably used for, uh, as energy power plants. So, uh,
1: he, and then they, they you, made it, and then they made it out to be uh, temples to convince people right. it wasn't that's what, right. okay. He
0: has a specific example, Sarah, of a, a it's the Theravanamali temple um, in India um, a, a Hindu southern style, it's called Dravidian style Hindu temple, and apparently he went up to the top of that temple, which is generally uh, kind of off the path and, and, and unac- or inaccessible to the, uh, to the public, and remember, this is a Hindu temple, supposedly, and what he found was that there were statues of the Buddha at the top, and you're, what is going on here? That's number one, that's a, that's a classic example. Another interesting example I'll bring up um, if you if people who are familiar with antennas can tell you that the Christian cross, the crescent of Islam, and uh, the star of David of, of Judaism, all the Abrahamic traditions, those are all fantastic uh, fractal antennas. And so he even points out that the Taj Mahal. It doesn't have. It, it, this is a Hindu temple, so why does it have a crescent on the top of it? You know, he. But so he's done this kind of research to show that uh, these energy uh, that these uh, provided free energy. That specific temple, he he demonstrates, for example, that there's a carving on the outside of the temple that uh, shows something very very similar to a te- today's Tesla coil. And that that is uh, part of what's called a lingam, which is a, a, has been um, designated as some sort of a sacred uh, object. But that that is producing tremendous amounts of thermal energy, in this case, uh, at the base of that pyramid. And even though it's underground, uh, the, the room and the area where this uh, temple or this uh, lingam is located within the temple, uh, the standing temperature is about 105 degrees down there. But uh, uh, wow, yeah. So you know that's that's been proven. Uh, to take a, I'm getting off course here a little bit. But Nikola Tesla may have. I think he knew about this too because Wardenclyffe Tower, which was the tower that he built for creation of free energy, uh, it incorporates this very exact geometry once again. So, but back to these civilizations, it's clear that ancient India knew about this. They knew about fractals and they, I am doing nothing more than rediscovering this ancient wisdom. I, I've, I don't wanna get into the math and so forth, but I've discovered the connection between this geometry and fractals. And so uh, it, there's, there's just this world of sacred geometry that they all knew about. I wonder what a, a wonderful civilization this must have been at its peak. But
1: to well, it talk seems about like, other well sorry, I, it's, well I wanted to talk about the fact that that the United States North America had a much more advanced civilization and a lot of our this is what I've studied a lot of our structures and archaeology was destroyed
0: that's right that's right I'm, numerous examples of that exist uh, you're right in the in the u.s uh, a classic is a, a map which um, I found from the year 1499. Remember that Columbus was supposed to have discovered America in 1492. So uh, in 1499, we have a map of the United States with a city named Shilaga, uh, which is right at the location of the city of Chicago today. This can't be an accident. And so we, we see from maps that that happened. If we look at uh, the Salt Lake Temple and Salt Lake City, there's another example, again, of of this geometry, but that building uh, could not have really been built by the Mormons because, uh, or at least one indication of that is the fact that most of the first floor of that building that they erected is underground. They've done recent excavations of that building and they have determined that uh, you know, when, you, when you see the pictures, they dug down 30 or 40 feet. There's an entire floor that's been uh, hidden, uh, probably due to some kind of a catastrophe. We call it, researchers call them mud floods or what have you. But to get to your point as well, there have been so many fires in the United States and, and throughout the world in the late 1800s to early 1900s it seems like part of a systemic process to get rid of that uh, that ancient Tartarian architecture to hide it from uh, from civilization, as well as the world's fairs and expos that were very, very popular during that time. There are many researchers on YouTube, such as uh, John Levi, who have uh, done documentaries about the destruction of this beautiful Tartarian architecture that occurred uh, after these world fairs. And, uh, his his general thesis is that the purpose of these world spares was most likely in part to have an excuse to get rid of this architecture, so there wouldn't be around for us to see.
1: Well, I've done some shows on Tartaria, and one of the things that I've learned is that their dress, the way they dressed, were very much like the way the Russian czars dressed. That's- so mm-hmm. was that a Russian? was there, was the Russian civilization destroyed during the Bolshevik revolution? I mean, do you think there was something to that?
0: I, I think that the 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 tartarian Empire uh it was receding uh, as you as you well know, I mean we purchased Alaska from Russia. and uh, one of the things that many people don't realize is that, there were railroads and Russian Orthodox churches along the west coast of Canada and the United States and in, in Alaska. And so uh, this empire was receding. And I believe you can, I, this is outside of my area of expertise, Sarah, but I, I tend to believe that, that a lot of the uh, conflict between the United States and Russia today has its roots in some form or fashion with this conflict with the Tartarian Empire. And, and it's destruction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It seems like they wanted to, the West wanted to take over and that this was their method of doing it. Now, yeah. do you think that it's pretty known amongst the elites that this is what happened? You know, the, the 0.0% of people that are controlling that they know all of this and they're trying to hide it from us.
0: Or- oh, I do. I do. I, I have, uh, I have no doubt that, um, there is a system systematic process of trying to hide uh, this information. Specifically, I should, you know, a, another example of this: uh, the CIA in 1999, I believe it was, released a previously classified document uh, that they had written back in 1957 uh, about Russia and uh, the uh, rewriting of history to excise Tartaria from uh, the history books in Russia. Now, we don't know about it either. And so we must have been complicit in that uh, eradication of this knowledge. Uh, if you go back, and and uh, it's, it's fascinating if you go to wikipedia.com, for example, and you look up Tartaria, they just call it a, a land that It really wasn't a country and we didn't know much about it. Well, if that was the case, then why are all these maps in existence, number one? Why did Tartaria have a flag? Why was Tartaria mentioned in so many history books and so forth? So uh, there's clearly a systematic attempt to suppress this information.
1: One other thing that you talked about in the book is the fact that these civilizations were around a lot longer than we think. Like yes. thousands of years. Why do you think that?
0: Well, there is a. Uh, we'll use the the Sardinian Naragis as a as a classic case in point to to point to that. Uh, these Nuraghes were uh, built. Uh, if we use the traditional um, uh, dating methodologies, and I by traditional, I'm again, I'm not an expert on this, but. We know that uh, from, from experience and you know, more recent information that the Giza pyramid, for example, is a lot older than we thought it was originally. But there are some dating methodologies that are out there that look to um, the changes in the Earth's orientation of magnetic north. And what this, this dating methodology uh, does, the Nuragis were always they had a portion of their their the outside around the area around them that was oriented to magnetic north as it existed at that time on on the planet and what these researchers have done is to take a lot of these uh, megalithic sites that have this kind of orientation and they've been able to sort of figure out how long uh, ago, these these structures were built based on that information, and the naragis in in Sardinia, uh, using this methodology, are expected to be as old as three hundred and fifty thousand years.
1: So, uh, wow, so we might have been uh, some kind of uh, human being of some Homo sapien was around three hundred fifty thousand years ago, who were pretty intelligent. Absolutely,
0: absolutely, and and there, therein is is really the the, the fascination for me. Because when I saw this dating methodology and I you know understand it in general terms, I mean that's a phenomenal piece of information to know that these sacred geometric principles, their knowledge of magnetic north and its orientation, uh, existed in cultures that were that old. That tells you that our our historical narrative is is just totally. Uh, you know, false uh, It does. Not, yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we almost have to start over and, and begin again with our history.
1: Yeah, we kind of do. But are we going to be able to get there if we don't have the basic information, if it's been destroyed, which is really sad that they would destroy our history. It's almost evil, but it's evil what they're doing with the vaccine and so many other things. I think it's waking people up. But... Yeah, so why do you think that archaeologists have such a hard time seeing it? I mean, they're, they're just, they they look at the basic narrative and they keep perpetuating it. Why do you think they, no matter what they find, they keep perpetuating that?
0: I think it has to do with the same kinds of uh, stigma that are attached to any professionals in any field that buck the establishment yeah it is. Uh, yeah. I don't care if it's religion. if you if you are, let's say you're a, a minister in a, in a hierarchical religious you know faith, uh, you know you're, you're gonna be real prone not to buck the system. and I'll if I may digress, I want to give a classic example of that because it relates to this geometry.
1: Yeah go
0: there ahead. was a, there was a 13th century Franciscan monk, uh, named John Duns Scotus, John was his name, Duns is the town from Scotland that he came from. He, he was he was uh, a contemporary of St. Francis of Assisi and was considered early on as kind of his intellectual peer. Well, we all know about St. Francis, but we don't know much about John Duns Scotus. And the reason is, is because he looked at the witch and wizard hats of the day and decided you know, if they work for them, I want to try this. So he began using these witch and wizard heads, which of course have this exact same geometry. And he started to find that he could achieve a, uh, a higher connection to his higher self, to God, whatever terms you want to use. And so he developed a concept of a metaphysical God. And that was just not going to be accepted by the Catholic Church. Who wanted to maintain the anthropomorphic, you know, worldview of God that existed at the time? So what happened? They vilified him, and they vilified what became known as the dunce cap, and that's what this is today. Uh, the dunce cap, which is a lot of young people have not heard about it, but it was very prominent knowledge when I was growing up, and and was probably at its peak during Victorian England. But here's a classic example of someone who found uh, the opportunity, you know, new information and because it bucked, you know, the establishment, he wasn't able to use it. I'll also say that the same thing, you know, can happen in uh, scientific endeavors. Uh, We had the ether uh, for a long, long time and uh, through a variety of Misunderstandings uh, and, and and I think poorly designed scientific uh, uh, projects was rejected by mainstream science in the in the worldwide beginning at the around the 20th century. Interestingly enough, at the same time that all these some of these other things were occurring as well, it almost looks like it's complicit. But today, people scientists are proving. The existence of the ether through a variety of studies, you cannot escape it, but they can't call it the ether anymore. They have to call it the field or the source field or the zero point field, but they can't use the word ether because the orthodoxy is so strong, just like it is with our vaccine mandates, that if you buck the system, you're going to pay a major price for that
1: yeah it's pretty much whoever's the most has the most power and what they believe or what their ego needs people to believe is what ends up going forward or exactly
0: exactly right
1: or on top of that because there's always multiple agendas going on it's just not just one i think the other one is a control structure but that's deeper and that's less people right right i mean because it's not everybody's trying to control stuff i think human beings have this ego issue and, and so that's what gets the average human being to support that. And then the, the up the, the echelon, if you will, that have been controlling us, those are a different group of people or a different sure. group of something.
0: Oh, sure. Sure. So ultimately I, I hate to say it, all of this is it's about power and control in my view.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well then. What else have you learned about these civilizations? Because, you know, Tartaria is just absolutely fascinating for me that possibly there was another civilization. Some people think that in a reset that they actually killed off parents and things and left young children. And those children were then retrained without their parents so they could see, they could just reset history.
0: Um, That's right. That's right. A lot of that information... You know, is out there on YouTube, but it all fits within this narrative. If uh, if you had uh, uh, free energy and so forth, and there was a great reset, you had to be able to change uh, people's worldviews through control. And there's information, for example, that Victorian England, uh, for example, produced a lot of orphans, and and that in fact the Victorian morality standards were were not so much. Uh, established to, to uh, change the moral system, but to provide this gigantic source of young children who could then be used to, uh, and indoctrinated, I believe, to the new worldview. One of the fascinating topics I find there too, I, in my research, I found any number of uh, so-called mental hospitals, or back in the day they were called insane asylums, the largest building of that sort in New Zealand, uh, the largest building in New Zealand at the time was, in fact, one of these these uh, uh, so-called you know mental hot or insane asylums. Well, as it turns out, some of the researchers say are saying that after this great reset occurred, those like maybe you and me in, in today's culture might have been put into these uh, uh, things under the pretense that we were in. And and it was done to have the ability to control the narrative and to change the worldview of what had previously occurred in history.
1: Well, because if they wanted to wipe out a whole civilization like Tartaria, or they made up the whole Middle Ages, they're going to have to do some extreme actions to get that to work. Because, I mean, people like us would be like, well, uh, I don't think this is true, guys. And so they had to do something extreme. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it almost might have been why the United States was triggered too, the creation of the United States, because of that level of tyranny. But how come if that happened that our historical documents in the United States doesn't talk about any of that? You know what I'm saying? It's like there's been a rewrite of the history, history of the U.S. as well.
0: Mm-hmm. well. Most definitely there has been uh... I now look at the um, architecture. Of course, that's, you know, once once your eye is trained to see this geometry, you see it everywhere. I, I go all across the country, even the little town that I live in outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It has Tartarian architecture. Uh, we we it, it, and, and I think, to be honest, that the COVID narrative uh, that I'm sure your audience is very, very well, well aware yeah. of has taken massive amounts of control to get uh, projected onto uh, the U.S. population. So, if if it could happen, then then you know they may not have used the same technology, but if they had that much control, I can I I, I am assured that they could pull off the same thing that uh, we're talking about here, which was literally a rewrite of world history.
1: Yeah, I mean, they just made up stuff and then said, this is what happened. And people are like, oh, wait a minute, that isn't what happened. I lived through it. No, you're insane. And then they throw them in an insane asylum.
0: I don't want to bring up topics that are too controversial, but once you start peeling the onion, you you, you get to the next layer. As an example, uh, flat earth was taught in our U.S. public schools up until the 1920s. And none of us know that unless we really go out and research. These are all fundamental things that have changed within the last 100 to 150 years.
1: I have a hard time with flat earth, though, because let's let's um, just talk about this is because when you look at radio signals, um, as you get farther away, they're less, you can't hear them as much. And the reason why and same with uh, telecom, because I came from the telecom industry. And the Mm -hmm. reason why is because of the shape of the earth there's a, there's a, uh, in a lot of cases and some signals bounce off and go everywhere. And that's why they're long, yeah. but other ones, you lose that because of the shape of the earth. You don't have that direct signal anymore. So I, I have a hard time with this whole flat earth. If that is the case, the only way I could, be, the flat earth would make sense with that science, not working properly would be if we lived in some kind of construct and, The construct is based on science, even though the, how can I say it? The construct is based on science principles, but it also has us in a flat earth, if that makes sense. Because with a computer program or some kind of matrix you're in, you can do conflicting Mm -hmm. things like that. Well, you know, but. Then again, that's
0: why I'm. Go ahead. I'm just saying, you know, that And you're right, that's a whole separate topic away from what we're talking about. But it's just another example. We see the ether disappear. We see these buildings okay, destroyed yeah. okay. and so forth. We see the rewriting of Tartarian history. It. All I'm trying to point out is all of these major worldviews have been successfully challenged and rewritten uh, in the last 100 to 200 years, things that we took for granted in the past.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause you're not saying for sure. And I'm not saying that we're living I'm really not, necessarily no, yeah, no, no, uh, because I don't. Yeah. Okay. Because it just, I, some of that stuff, I'm like, well, I don't understand the science then, you know, there's something wrong with that no. science and that's why I don't support it. Or I don't have people on because it may they they're missing out on some of those. They're not explaining well, that, but go ahead. The
0: one thing I was going to say, no matter what uh, subject matter, we're, we're in a great awakening phase. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll learn more as we uncover things. But Arthur C. Clarke said this. Uh, he's the person who, who you know, did uh, 2001 back in the day, the Space Odyssey, that, you know, magic is nothing more than the science we don't know yet. That's so right. That's right. It, it, so I, I am totally with the idea of using the scientific method. That's what I've employed in putting my book together. I wanted so many examples of this, that people could not say that this was just an accident or a coincidence. And that's what we need to do with all of our topics is have intelligent discussions.
1: That's right. And not be afraid to have the discussion. Like there's nothing wrong with talking about flat earth or whatever. I, I don't, cause they make fun of people that even question things. And I, you know, I, don't, I don't see it and I don't understand it. Like I just told you, but yeah. that discussion is important. I have it, no problem with having that discussion. Of why are we making fun of people for trying to figure things out? And that's wrong. That's what they're doing is because they want people to be ashamed. But what they're doing is they're shaming you into believing nonsense.
0: That's right. That's right. So, you know, whether this is nonsense or not, I, I it's an open book for me. But you, you get the point. I This yes. is just one of many, many factors that have been in our culture traditionally but are no longer acceptable exactly
1: well i don't think there's anything wrong with questioning things and trying to figure it out that's the foundation of learning and as soon as we tell people you're a kook for just asking the question we stop growing humanity just stops growing and so i have i have a fundamental problem with what they're doing just because of that that's just ridiculous
0: and the fact that
1: we have adults in this country that that are supposed to be leaders who don't see that as fundamentally ridiculous is a, is a major problem. We have real inferior people leading right now, very inferior because anybody that would tell you that you can't question basic stuff is just, um, is putting, it's like we're going into the dark ages again, or I don't even know if the dark ages was real, but that's the point is we're going into a dark age when you're not allowed to question basics.
0: That's right. That's right. And, and, and you're right. That's where we are now. And it's a very troubling situation. So, um, you know, my book, hopefully, uh, it, I mean, it is, it is extremely well documented with photographs. I've also done the math, as you say. We're not going to talk about that today, but well,
1: I, it's um, okay to talk a little bit. about it. I just didn't want to focus a ton on it because no, I thought people's no, eyeballs would go back in their head, and they'd be like, "Oh my god!" So I wanted to just talk about what the math represents.
0: Absolutely, and I, that's why yeah. I don't want to go there today either. We can do that. In fact, I, I will tell you. I, I have. Uh, I won't go into details, but there's a there's an ancient diagram that uh, depicts the progression. If you've heard of this, of the Platonic solids, and it's theorized by Buckminster Fuller and others that the Platonic solids are intimately involved in creation, and they work almost like keys on the piano and stepping up from one octave to the next. You you know you have A B C D E, well you have these five Platonic solids uh, morphing and so forth. Well, I plotted this in three dimensions and. I plotted it inside the exact geometry of 76 345. And guess what? You can't escape knowing that that's true. This is ancient knowledge that was passed on to us. And the author of the book that that put this out, his name is Robert Lawler. Uh, He wrote the classic text in sacred geometry 40 something years ago. Well, I've been trying to get in touch with him. And this is, Sarah, this is not a joke. I got an email from someone who is kind of taking care, helping to take care of him and is a friend because he's 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 fairly old and, and somewhat ill. So I am going to get confirmation on my theory that I have in the book uh, from him, but it sounds like he is concurring with it. So, you know, all that's all I need to say about the math. Uh, you know. The giants in the field look like they're going to, you know, are going to confer or concur with with my thoughts there as well. So we've got science and we've got demonstrated historical proof that people knew about this. So our narrative needs to be completely rewritten uh, about our history.
1: Oh, yeah. There's so much that is, well, even just our medical, which I've learned over the last, you know few years is that they've done a good amazing job since 1912 i believe of completely bastardizing medicine that we used Absolutely. to An- yes
0: another another classic example the american homeopathic association yes. used to be bigger than the american medical association but the american medical association had better lobbyists i mean that's really what it turned out to be
1: there was a lot more money to be made selling drugs. And so that's why they, that's they right. were able to do it. And that's why we're in the situation that we are in. One thing that's cool about Buckmeister Fuller is that we've learned that the C60, cause he's the one that, you know, came up with, developed the first, uh, C60 Buckmeister Fuller deal. Cool. And, yeah. um, is that C60 carbon 60 is one of the founding beginning elements of life.
0: That's right. That's right. And it's based, again, I, I'm not, I haven't delved into that, but I I, I'm sure that C60 will fit as a derivative of one of these platonic solid forms. And uh, uh, so yes, it it would be foundational to creation itself and, and a result of of these very sacred geometric principles that we're rediscovering.
1: Well, and that's why it works. So, I mean, it's like the core, you're just getting to the source of an issue. It's, it's really fundamental. There's so many things that we just get to the fundamental issues and we would be so much healthier. Um, This is just a fascinating discussion. And now how can people get your book?
0: The book is called 76.345 exploring The Hidden Secrets of the Golden Ratio, it's available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback editions.
1: Excellent. And you gave people a, I have a coupon. So if anybody wants to go to your site and get any of, because you sell other stuff,
0: right? You sell. I do. (laughs) As I mentioned at the beginning, I make pyramids, uh, Russian pyramids. And that's where this research all started from. Uh, So Stargate pyramids.com is the website and we sell a full line of uh uh meditation and healing pyramids they're based on this very geometry that we've been talking about today if people use the coupon code westall10 you know we'll give you 10% uh, off your uh, purchase of your uh, pyramid
1: okay that sounds great thank you for people listening that that's a really a nice little gift for people and uh, um again, tell us uh, the website and we'll leave it with that.
0: Yeah, uh, StargatePyramids.com. And uh, again, it's Westall10 to, uh, to get 10% off of your purchase.
1: Excellent. Now, uh, one last thing. You have a YouTube channel, right?
0: I do. I have a nonprofit foundation called the Pyramid Science Foundation. And its purpose is to disseminate this sort of information Um, you know, to the public. So if you go to uh, YouTube and uh, put in Pyramid Science Foundation in the query, uh, you'll find our site. I've got about 250 videos uh, dealing with research uh, that I've done, both uh, the theoretical math research that we, you know, haven't really touched, touched on much today, but also practical experiments that we've done uh, demonstrating the value, uh, the health benefits of uh, these pyramids and so forth. So uh, there's a lot of great information there.
1: Have you thought, I have to say this because I'm not a big happy camper with uh, YouTube and Google and stuff. Have you thought about creating a channel on BitChute or Brand YouTube or Odyssey or some of these other more human friendly sites?
0: Yeah, I have, Sarah. It's, it's really been a question of hours in the day, and um, I, I, I got the book finished, and and that is one of the, you know, topics. Uh, I, we started a BitChute channel. I, I didn't keep up with it because I just didn't have the time, but, you know, I may resurrect that. I could go on uh, uh, Truth Social, any number of them, you know, and and, and do that going forward. You bet.
1: Yeah, and with uh, BitChute and some of these other ones and Odyssey, you can tie it to your YouTube channel so that you can start growing those other channels even though you have a YouTube channel. Hmm.
0: I, I would love, if, if there's anyone out there who would like to help me with that, I would certainly appreciate the help. <laughs> okay, uh, well, good. I, Cause yeah, just because yeah. we
1: got to start building, the, we got to start, we got to keep building these other channels because That's right. uh, we got we Absolutely. have to so okay well good well thank you so much for joining me today Charlie all right Sarah
0: thank you so much for having me and uh, if any of your uh, listeners have questions that they'd like to uh, I should have said that as well uh, please feel free to contact me Uh, you can uh, contact me at Charlie C-H-A-R-L-I-E at stargatepyramids.com happy to to do that. And if you want, I'm in, I'm an open book. Here's my phone number 412-474-3481. And uh, if I have time, I always pick up the phone.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Charlie. You have a wonderful day.
0: All right, Sarah. Thank you. Bye-bye.